you are too embarrassed to win. You're losing because you're afraid of confidently stepping up and being the rider you were meant to be. Let's fix that. It's all about confidence, baby. Today on the podcast, we are getting into why confidence matters. Why is it so crucial for riders? How does it impact performance, safety, your overall enjoyment? We are going to get into trainer dependency and what is up with people feeling like they need trainers and what are some potential downsides of this dependency? We are going to dive into the embarrassment factor, all right? Why do riders sometimes feel embarrassed for being confident and capable? What is going on psychologically here? What's the dealio? And we are going to get into confidence versus capability. This is the biggie. All right. What is the difference between confidence and capability? Why do people conflate the two? How can riders develop confidence while acknowledging their capabilities without arrogance? How? What is going on here? So We've got a lot of juicy stuff to dive into on the podcast today, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to The Resilient Rainer, the premier podcast focused on mental performance for equestrians and improved horse show performance. Whether you're a rookie rainer or a seasoned competitor, this show is for riders who want to take their skills to the next level and achieve their full potential in the show ring. I'm Nicole Burnett, and I'm a master mindset coach who's obsessed with helping you achieve all those horse dreams you always thought were impossible. Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Nicole Burnett, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be here today with you on the Resilient Rainer podcast, where we are going to chat about confidence. And I'm not going to say we're going to talk about every little thing about confidence, but I brainstormed up a bunch of stuff to talk about confidence. So what inspired this podcast? Well, I have a good friend. Actually, I do have more than one. But I was talking with a friend and we were chatting like friends do. And if your friends are anything like mine, well, sometimes you talk about the same stuff over and over. And one of the things that she was just talking like she needed her trainer. Now, this is a dear friend. We're ladies in the prime of our life. (laughs) You know, she's in her 40s. She's capable. She's been doing horses since she was a kid. And she was just ranking on herself, essentially, right? She just doesn't know left from right. And she just like needed her trainer. And it was so interesting. It was so odd to see someone who is so capable and so knowledgeable just feel like she couldn't do things without her trainer. It was a little bizarre. And I don't know if you've ever run into this. And yeah, it was just bizarre. So I was kind of trying to give her a pushback of like, why are you doing this? Like, I'm not saying 
your trainer isn't great, but you're treating yourself like you're garbage. And that's ridiculous. Obviously, I'm not going to let you talk to yourself like that. And it's what just really got me thinking, like, why do we do that to ourselves? And so I just sat down with my pen and paper and I was like, I'm just going to brainstorm things. So this is a little bit more contemplative today. And just going to share some thoughts because I kind of brainstormed a few things that I just want to talk about it. And I really want to hear from you guys. Do you do this to yourself? Is this something that you see in people around you? And like, what what's going on? Because one of the things that I feel really strongly about as a through line through my work is I want to empower people. I am not saying you shouldn't have support because I view myself as a part of the support network for riders, right? We've got, you know, mental coaches, physical trainers, we've got horse trainers, horse vets, we've got so many different horse massage therapists. There's so many people that are a part of this support network. And I'm all about having a support network. And I think that part of that is acknowledging that you are at the heart of it. It's you and your horse. This through line is I want to empower people. I want people to feel like they can reach out and get the support that they need. When you need a professional, when you need extra support, you should absolutely get it. And I want you to feel empowered like you can do things. Like you don't always need to ask somebody's permission and you don't always need somebody, you know, because when it comes down to it, Nobody else is in your body when you're riding. You are on the horse and it's your mind, it's your brain that's telling your hand to move. It's your brain that's telling your horse to go forward. You're the one doing it. It's a first person, you know, player game here. If you ever play a video game, this is a first person experience. And so I want you to feel empowered to trailer your horse places, to ride your horse, to make the improvement. So I'm pretty big on confidence. Why does it matter? So there's a bunch of reasons why confidence matters. And I'm going to start at the first one. And I think that's safety. I think that confidence matters a lot for safety. Safety is so important. Like we are around thousand pound animals that can get spooked that even if they don't mean to hurt you, they could accidentally stumble and fall and you could smack your head. So safety matters around our animals. And confidence is the fundamental aspect of rider safety. When a rider lacks confidence, they can hesitate. They can make erratic decisions when you're handling the horse because you're kind of like, maybe this, maybe that. And you can get a little erratic. And this can lead to accidents or situations where the rider can't control their horse effectively. Confidence also matters a lot for effective communication. So horses are so perceptive, right? Horses can sense a rider's emotions. They can sense your level of confidence. Absolutely. And a confident rider communicates better with their horse, period. This clarity of communication, when you're a more confident rider, it leads to a more harmonious partnership. The horse can trust the rider's cues and respond accordingly. 
All right. And you're going to just have a better relationship with your horse. And the obvious one here, too, is that being confident is a performance enhancement. Confidence directly impacts a rider's performance. When you're confident, you're more likely to, say, take calculated risks. Maybe you'll try a new training technique and you'll push your boundary. We all know that that's where growth happens. It's not in your comfort zone. Okay. So being willing to push your boundaries, it'll lead to improvements in your riding and it'll lead to accomplishments in competition or even in your leisure riding. Another big thing is that most people don't like to say this part out loud, but I think you should be having fun with your horse. That sometimes people get embarrassed about that, but I think you should be having fun with your horse. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Something needs to change if you're not having fun. So the more confident you are, you're going to have more enjoyment and relaxation. Riding should be an enjoyable and relaxing experience. Confidence allows you to relax in the saddle, to enjoy the ride, build a deeper connection with your horse. And conversely, when you lack confidence, riding is stressful and not very fun. And we don't want that, okay? <laughs> At all. Let's talk about overcoming challenges because what is horseback riding if not constantly overcoming challenges every single ride? Sometimes it's overcoming the weather. Sometimes it's overcoming your own bad attitude. Sometimes it's overcoming a training challenge and teaching your horse a specific maneuver or, you know, learning to count your strides. There's so many things. It's constantly overcoming challenges. That is the process of training. And so confidence is the key to facing and conquering challenges in horse riding, whether it's tackling a tricky new maneuver, counting out your strides with poles, navigating a tricky trail, working through behavioral issues with your horse. Confidence empowers you to confront these obstacles with a positive mindset. Okay. Mental resilience. This is a big thing. And I get into mental resilience a lot in the mental gym. Confidence plays a role in mental resilience. It helps you bounce back from setbacks and stay committed to your goals. When you believe in your abilities, you're more likely to persevere through the tough times, the inevitable tough times in your riding journey. And I got to throw out there that confident riders, they usually serve as an inspiration to other riders. When you see someone who's just radiating confidence or you see someone who's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then they do it. It's very inspiring and encouraging and motivates folks to work on their own self-assurance and have hope to follow their own dreams. Oh, and back to the relationship with your horse. Confidence fosters trust between you and your horse. When your horse senses your confidence, and they do, they're more likely to trust your leadership and your guidance, which can create a stronger bond between rider and horse. So there's a lot going on here on why confidence matters. Let's dive in here to trainer dependency because. Like I said, that was really kind of piqued my, I don't know, got me all riled up when I was talking to my friend. So is trainer dependency. 
this is definitely a little bit of a delicate topic and I make no promises. I may absolutely put my foot in my mouth, but let's chat about it. I really don't think it matters at what point in your journey you're at, because if you're just starting out, you can feel this way. But even the more advanced you get, it's so normal to feel imposter syndrome. And it's so normal to feel like, oh, the higher levels of competition and pressure. I need my trainer even more than I did when I was just starting out. And so it's really natural to rely on trainers. And trainers absolutely provide valuable guidance and expertise and a sense of security. However, this reliance can sometimes evolve into a comfort zone where riders feel incapable or anxious without their trainer's presence. And I think this is where it's tricky because I have seen trainers who are amazing at encouraging and empowering their clients where they believe in their clients and they're always speaking life to them, for lack of a better phrase, where you work with that trainer and you feel more capable, more empowered, and like you could do this thing. And then there are other trainers where you work with them and there's kind of a constant undermining, like a, well, without me, your horse isn't going to be able to do this. Without me, you're not going to be able to do this. And it can be spoken explicitly or implied or, you know, like, oh, if you really want to succeed, you need to be a part of this program. And so I've really seen both. And there's absolutely financial implications to this, where when you rely too heavily on trainers, you can end up spending more than intended, right? Because, you know, lessons cost money, full training costs money. And basically this financial burden can make riders feel trapped in their dependency. That can be a very uncomfortable thing that people don't want to talk about out loud. And I'm really getting at, again, this empowerment versus dependence. It's so essential to try and find a balance between that, between empowerment and dependence. And while trainers offer essential knowledge and skills, riders should absolutely be encouraged to develop their own competence and develop their own confidence. So I'm trying to just express this opinion here, hot take, that you should value the expertise of your trainer. Absolutely. And don't feel trapped or dependent upon them. When you operate from a place of fear, that fear can be so powerful, right? Some riders, they might become overly dependent on trainers due to fear or anxiety related to riding because now what we've brought up is this emotional aspect. We're not just talking about, oh, I'm busy and they really help me out. We're talking about emotions. We're talking about fear and anxiety and judgment that have to do with writing. And these aspects are crucial to address. It is crucial to address these emotional aspects and to have strategies for overcoming fear and gaining more self-reliance in the saddle. Because let's say you're somebody and you're a very fearful rider. I've seen this a lot too with my own eyes where someone is kind of a fearful rider. And if their 
trainer doesn't work with them or they don't take responsibility and don't see the pattern of how they're behaving, that even though they're paying money for full-time training, they're not getting out of it what they should be getting out of it. You know, their horse is getting trained, but if you're not head-on addressing these emotional aspects of why you're there in the first place, you're never going to see the performance that you want. You can't get from A to B in that kind of a setup. Riding is not just about the physical act of riding. It's also about personal growth. And over-reliance on a trainer can hinder this growth. Riders should absolutely be encouraged to take ownership of their progress to set their own goals. So this is about how do you transition from an over-dependence on a trainer to a more independent riding. I think it's fun if you want to be in a princess program and just be catered to and have somebody else can like wash your horse and saddle them for you and they trailer to the shows. And it's wonderful. I've done that. And it's amazing. (laughs) It's really great. But it's so funny because my perspective is When I'm in a full-time program, I'm there because I'm like being a princess, obviously. And so it was funny because there's somebody else I know where they recently, you know, life's going on. And so they sold their truck and trailer and now their trainer's just going to take them to the competitions. And she was feeling really like a loss of independence. And she was really down in the dumps about it and just really felt kind of sad and depressed and felt like a loss of capability. So it was a really like fun reframe for her to be like, oh no, you're in your princess era. Like let them take care of you. Like this is princess showing and it can be really fun. (laughs) But again, it's all about that perspective. Why are you there? What are you getting out of it? It matters a lot. So I really encourage writers to view trainers as mentors and guides rather than crutches. And I also emphasize the importance of building a support system within the equestrian community. This is things like peer support. So having other friends who ride and you can talk to. And so having peer support, a riding group, maybe even an online community where you can share experience and advice. But notice that all of this is that You don't want to, you know, end up in some weird codependent spot where your trainer is the only thing and the only person. And that's just not very healthy and doesn't foster your own ownership of your own experience and it doesn't foster ownership of your own writing. Okay, so we've gotten into why confidence matters, trainer dependency, Now we got to get into the embarrassment factor and confidence versus capability. So let's talk about embarrassment because usually it's too embarrassing to talk about, but not for us. Not for us. We're going to talk about it. Okay. So one reason riders might feel embarrassed for being confident or capable is the fear of being perceived as arrogant or boastful. Do you ever feel that way? Especially in the Western community, that we are very much about being salt of the earth people and good folks and good people. And 
people are. They really are such good people. When you really want to be humble and good and not be overly boastful and arrogant, oof, this one gets so many people that even when you are good, it's hard, you know, like people don't always want to say it. And we haven't gotten even into like any sort of gendered thing of whether it's more or less appropriate for a woman to be like, oh, you know, talk like that. So people get worried that expressing confidence in your writing ability can be interpreted as showing off. And so again, in a community where humility is valued, this is an interesting dynamic that can unintentionally really undermine your confidence. And this is so important because when it comes to building confidence, it's tricky because you can acknowledge that in a certain situation, you might factually be better at something than somebody else. It doesn't mean you're a better person. So we're not talking about that. And it's a skill to learn how to acknowledge and share that, even if it's just with yourself, that you're like, I'm better at that. I'm better at setting my horse up to make that turn. In this situation against this specific person, I can do that better. And being able to say that in a way that isn't boastful, it's not derogatory, it's just a statement of fact. That's a part of building confidence because you absolutely have to learn to acknowledge your own strengths and not just acknowledge your weaknesses. But that's a very, can be socially a little tricky, huh? And this gets into the social comparison where writers often compare themselves to others. I think that's kind of unavoidable because we're human. And so, you know, you go somewhere, you see somebody Gosh, you don't even have to go to somewhere, right? You just open up your phone and you can pull up the entire world between social media and YouTube and, you know, oh my goodness. So the embarrassment factor, this can arise if you believe that your confidence or capabilities outshine your peers. Maybe you feel not good enough, but also if you feel that you're better, you might feel guilty. You might feel self-conscious that like, oh, well, I know that I'm, I know that I'm better. I I don't want to rub it in their faces. And you start to feel embarrassed about being good, which is a very odd and kind of counterintuitive thing. But, you know, in order to really grow and improve and level up, you've got to lean into that. But it can be very uncomfortable counterintuitively, and this can catch a lot of people by surprise when they start to level up, it can be surprising to find out that it can be uncomfortable to be better than your friends. It's, yeah, has that ever happened to you? I know I've talked about that with many people. And can't leave out fear of judgment. We absolutely can't leave that out. So writers, like anybody in any domain, oh, You can be your own harshest critic. I know that I am absolutely my own harshest critic when it comes to my performance. And the fear of judgment from others within the community or fear of judgment from trainers, that can be a significant source of embarrassment. Writers can worry about not living up to expectations. And no one wants to be embarrassed because you were a disappointment. Oh, an imposter syndrome. Oh, we can't leave out imposter syndrome. (laughs) So 
This is so prevalent, guys. So prevalent. If you're listening, raise your hands if you've ever felt imposter syndrome. If you're listening, I want you to send me a message because I want to do a little mini poll about how many people have ever struggled with imposter syndrome. I want to share with all of you how freaking common this is. All right. So even when you're skilled and confident, some writers might feel like they don't deserve their accomplishment. And this leads to self-doubt and embarrassment. Oh my gosh, I can talk about imposter syndrome for forever. So I'm going to try and leave it at that for today. All right. And gender stereotypes. So I briefly mentioned that, but I'm going to bring it up again. In some cases, gender stereotypes can play a role in the embarrassment factor. And I don't want to deny that for all of my lady listeners here. So female writers might feel hesitant to assert their confidence and capabilities due to societal expectations or stereotypes about women, say, being more modest about your accomplishments. Not everybody, but this does play a factor for some writers and cultural norms, right? This will be a little bit different because, you know, different disciplines, different parts of the country, but some communities may encourage humility and downplay confidence while others may embrace self-assuredness. And this is kind of one of those really unique things. So your different like subculture within the Western equestrian community will influence your perception of confidence. So I really want to encourage you to differentiate between positive self-promotion and arrogance. Confidence doesn't have to equate to arrogance. Let me repeat myself. Confidence doesn't have to equate to arrogance. Writers can learn to express their capabilities and achievements in a humble and constructive way that benefits the community. Because again, remember, when you share something that you've accomplished, you're proving to other people that it's possible. And it's so necessary to encourage and inspire each other in that way by sharing what's possible. Oh, by being that example. It's so, so important and so beneficial to the community. I just like to think that in my own little corner here with Resilient Rainer, that I like to create a really supportive environment where writers can feel comfortable expressing confidence and capabilities without fear of judgment. And so it's partly why I really emphasize how everyone's journey is unique because it is. It really is. I know there's somebody out there listening. That embarrassment factor is a part of what you're going through right now. And I hope you know that by addressing this embarrassment factor in the podcast today, I want you to know that you can navigate these complex emotions. And I really encourage your self-assuredness and know that you're welcome and supported. You don't have to dim your light. Okay, so we've gone through why confidence matters to horse riders. We've gone through trainer dependency, the embarrassment factor, And the last thing I want to cover on today's podcast is confidence versus capability in horse riding. All right. 
So let's do this. Let's define confidence and capability. So defining confidence. Confidence in horse riding, this refers to the belief in your ability and the feeling of self-assurance that you have when you're handling and riding a horse. This is a mental state and it can have a significant impact on your performance and overall experience. Now, capability, on the other hand, this pertains to your actual skills, your actual knowledge and competencies that you possess as a rider. This is about having the technical know-how to handle a horse, you know, execute specific riding maneuvers, and just make informed decisions in different horse situations. Riders often conflate confidence with capability because the two are so closely related. Absolutely. When a rider is highly capable, they tend to also feel more confident in their ability. However, it's essential to recognize that confidence can sometimes exceed your actual capabilities or the other way around, right? But that they're not the same thing. They are related but they are not the same. So overconfidence, this happens when a rider believes they are more capable than they actually are. And as you can imagine, this is dangerous. This can lead to risky behavior, accidents, and potentially harming the horse. We don't want that. We got to keep that in line by just trying to maintain a realistic assessment of your capabilities. Usually it helps to have at least somebody who knows you who can tell you if you're being a dumbass. Excuse me, pardon my French. Now, underconfidence on the flip side, and this is where I see most riders fall, is underconfident. And riders, they may have the necessary skills, but they lack confidence. This underconfidence, it can hold you back from fully utilizing the capabilities that you have and achieving your riding goals. You've got to have some strategies here to build your confidence and acknowledge your existing capabilities and skills. So on this note, I really encourage a growth mindset where you can understand that capabilities can be developed and improved over time. Because you have to remember, none of these qualities are fixed in stone. Your confidence is not a fixed trait. Your ability with horses is not fixed. None of this is just like, oh, that's just my set level for my life. Absolutely not. No way, no way. They're flexible. You have to remember that you can grow and build your skills. So when you acknowledge that you can grow and build these skills, that's a prerequisite to build both confidence and competence at the same time. All right. And we're going to throw in effective training because I'm a mindset coach, but it it doesn't mean that I dismiss the importance of time in the saddle. And so effective training, effective training and coaching should focus on enhancing confidence and capability. What I'm saying is that you need to train your mind and train your body. Okay. Like you don't get both. If you don't put in the work for both, that's how it works. All right. 
You've got to train for both. You cannot ignore one and expect to get results. It doesn't work. You know, if you're riding your horse, but you're not training your mind, you're not building your confidence, it's not magically going to happen. And I think so many riders get that so wrong because they think, oh, I need to build my confidence. I just need to be a better rider and then I'll be confident. And they totally miss that there are world champions out there who are still not confident. There are Super Bowl winners who hire confidence coaches. There are people that I've worked with who have been in this industry for 30 years and they'll have lost their confidence. And so it doesn't just magically happen. I have no other way to tell you. It doesn't just magically happen. You have to put in the work. Just like you don't pull your, you know, you don't give your horse six weeks off at Christmas and then expect to just pull him out and go to a show without legging him back up. You can't expect your brain to just know what to do and to know how to be confident and to know how to do all these things. That's ridiculous. So basically, train. You need to train for confidence and you need to train for capability. All right. And on this note, I am a big fan of self-assessment. I encourage you to regularly assess your confidence and capabilities honestly. It doesn't have to be a huge to-do, but it's amazing what will slip by if you don't have a check-in on the calendar to check in with yourself, right? And self-awareness is crucial to identify the areas where improvement is needed. This might be in skills development, in boosting your confidence, but you've got to have those check-ins with yourself to just make sure you're on the right track and doing what you need to be doing. And of course, the feedback loop. This is why it's so important to train both confidence and competency because you want to create a positive feedback loop where increased capability leads to greater confidence and vice versa. All right. And so this is what you want is you want to progressively improve your capabilities through practice and learning. All right. Well, that is a lot. Okay. I'm thinking that is plenty for one podcast. So just to recap for today, we are all about confidence, baby, all about confidence today. And just had to get into a few of these aspects today. So we've got into why confidence matters for riders. We discussed why confidence is so crucial for riders, how it impacts performance, safety, overall enjoyment with your horse. We got into trainer dependency and we got deep into why riders might feel like they need trainers and situations where riders might rely too heavily on trainers and some downfalls of this dependency. We got into the embarrassment factor. I keep thinking of the X factor, the X factor, the embarrassment factor. And why do riders sometimes feel embarrassed for being confident or capable? And we closed off by looking at confidence and capability and why people so often conflate the two, even though they're not the same. And why it's so important to train for both confidence and capability. So if you've listened along, it would really be great. I would really appreciate it if you would please hit follow, 
leave a short review with a little comment about something that you got out of this episode. Rate it five stars, share it with a friend. It really helps out the podcast when you do that. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for listening along. I really appreciate all of you being here. I'm so grateful for all of you for spending time here with me on the Resilient Rainer podcast. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Okay, guys. So I've been getting quite a few messages about confidence recently, and it's really got the wheels in my brain turning. So while I do have the mental gym for equestrians, which is super comprehensive into all aspects of mental performance, like I said, I've been getting so many questions lately about confidence as a rider. And so I'm thinking about creating a course that is focused just on confidence for horseback riders, focusing on exactly how step-by-step, how to build and protect your confidence as a rider for greater success in the saddle. As a mental coach, I know that you have to win the first battle in your mind and believe in yourself if you want to win and level up. Is this something you'd be interested in? I want to kind of feel it out, but I really want to put something out there that's kind of an in-between before you get to the mental gym that is really focused on confidence to help all of you guys out there and take you through step-by-step how to do this, how to build your confidence, how to level up. So send me a message and make sure you're on my email list so that you can get first alert as all of this comes out. So NicoleBurnettCoaching.com and just make sure to get on the email list or send me an email, Nicole at ResilientRainer.com and I'll make sure to get you first alert. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Happy trails.